You are listening to The Mystic Show, episode 138. Welcome to The Mystic Show. I'm Chris Curran, your host. I'm so glad you're able to join me. This show is all about spirituality and meditation and mindfulness, the higher worlds, beyond the beyond. (laughs) Okay, Uh, so the purpose of this show is for you and I to learn and to practice and to experience the various aspects of spirituality. You know, these topics of spirituality and mindfulness and meditation and and implementing them in your life, these are some of the most important topics of our lives. And yet, what I've found is that we don't talk about them very often. We're talking more about, you know, gossipy kind of things than than really uh, good things. So that's, in a way, that's why I started this show, The Mystic Show, so we can have these kinds of conversations. The higher conversations, if you will. We release a new episode of this show every Friday morning, and you can hear us as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio, or on our website, themysticshow.net. And we have a nice email list you can get on and you get some a really cool audio project that I made called uh, Relax with Rumi. And our sponsor is Pause Your Life. Pause Your Life. If you ever feel like you just need to hit the pause button and stop the madness, well, Pause Your Life offers meetups and retreats. And it's an organization my wife and I started uh, about two and a half years ago. And it's going really well. So take advantage of that. Um, So it is mid-July of 2015, and we're in the middle of our summer with Vivekananda. That's what I'm calling it now, unofficially. Because we're reading from a book that was published in July of 1896. The title of the book is Raja Yoga, and it was written by Swami Vivekananda. He is um, one of the most revered Indian saints or holy men. Uh, He lived from 1863 to 1902. And in this book, he really talks about Raja Yoga, which, uh, which is one of the four main, well, the four original branches of yoga from India. And... Raja Yoga is the king of yogas. Um, That's what Raja, Raja means king. Uh, And it's yoga of the mind, basically. So it has everything to do with the mind, and it's not uh, Hatha Yoga, which is having to do with the body. Um, 
And as I read in years ago in Patanjali's Yoga Sutras that Raja Yoga is the most direct path to the highest spiritual goal. So that's actually why I started a practice right after that. Uh, that was a simplified form of Raja Yoga. And I'm still doing that today. It's called Sahaj Marg. And um, I actually help teach that method as well. And it's very simple, very effective. It's a worldwide nonprofit organization, so it doesn't cost anything, which is nice. So today we're going to continue reading from chapter three of this book. Um, he's talking about pranayama and prana and what, what those two things really are. That's what we learned last week. And so we're going to continue reading from chapter three today. We're actually going to finish chapter three. Um, and as I said the past few weeks, I'm really not going to comment very much on these readings. Um, so when the reading's done, we'll just finish up the show. It's um, some good summer learning, right? Vivekananda is is always great to read and to listen to. So I hope you enjoy this. So let's go ahead and jump right in to the continuation of chapter three from the book called Raja Yoga by Swami Vivekananda. Perhaps some of you have read in these books that in pranayama, when drawing in the breath, you must fill your whole body with prana. In the English translations, prana is given as breath and you are inclined to ask how that is to be done. The fault is with the translator. Every part of the body can be filled with prana, this vital force, and when you are able to do that, you can control the whole body. All the sickness and misery felt in the body will be perfectly controlled, and not only so, you will be able to control another's body. Everything is infectious in this world, good or bad. If your body be in a certain state of tension, it will have a tendency to produce the same tension in others. If you are strong and healthy, those that live near you will also have the tendency to become strong and healthy. But if you are sick and weak, those around you will have the tendency to become the same. This vibration will be, as it were, conveyed to another's body. In the case of one man trying to heal another, the first idea is simply transferring his own health to the other. This is the primitive sort of healing. Consciously or unconsciously, health can be transmitted. The very strong man, living with the weak man, will make him a little stronger whether he knows it or not. When consciously done, it becomes quicker and better in its action. Next come those cases in which a man may not be very healthy himself, yet we know that he can bring health to another. The first man, in such a case, has a little more control over the prana and can rouse, for the time being, his prana, as it were, to a certain state of vibration and transmit it 
to another person. There have been cases where this process has been carried on at a distance, but in reality, there is no distance in the sense of a break. Where is the distance that has a break? Is there any break between you and the sun? It is a continuous mass of matter, the sun, the one part, and you, the other. Is there a break between one part of a river and another? Then why cannot any force travel? There is no reason against it. These cases are perfectly true, and this prana can be transmitted to a very great distance. But to one genuine case, there are hundreds of frauds. It is not so easy as it is thought to be. In the most ordinary cases of this healing, you will find that these healers are simply taking advantage of the naturally healthy state of the human body. There is no disease in this world which kills the majority of persons attacked. Even in cholera epidemics, if for a few days 60% die, after that the rate comes down to 30 and 20%, and the rest recover. An allopath comes and treats cholera patients and gives them his medicines. The homeopath comes and gives his medicine and cures perhaps more simply because the homeopath did not disturb the patients but allowed nature to deal with them. And the faith healer will cure more still because he will bring the strength of his mind to bear and rouses through faith the dormant prana of the patient. But there is a mistake constantly made by faith healers. They think that it is faith itself that directly heals a man. It alone will not cover all the ground. There are diseases where the worst symptoms are that the patient never thinks that he has that disease. That tremendous faith of the patient is itself one symptom of the disease, and usually indicates that he will die quickly. In such cases, the principle that faith cures does not apply. If it were faith that cured in all these cases, these patients also would be cured. It is by this prana that real curing comes. The pure man, who has controlled this prana, has the power of bringing it into a certain state of vibration, which can be conveyed to others, arousing in them a similar vibration. You see that in everyday actions. I am talking to you. What am I trying to do? I am, so to say, bringing my mind to a certain state of vibration and the more I succeed in bringing it to that state, the more you will be affected by what I say. All of you know that the day I am more enthusiastic, the more you enjoy the lecture. And when I am less enthusiastic, you feel lack of interest. The gigantic willpowers of the world, the world movers, can bring their prana into a high state of vibration and it is so great and powerful that it catches others in a moment, 
and thousands are drawn towards them, and half the world thinks as they do. Great prophets of the world had the most wonderful control of this prana, which gave them tremendous willpower. They had brought their prana to the highest state of motion, and this is what gave them power to sway the world. All manifestations of power arise from this control. Men may not know the secret, but this is the one explanation. Sometimes in your own body, the supply of prana gravitates more or less to one part. The balance is disturbed. And when the balance of prana is disturbed, what we call disease is produced. To take away the superfluous prana, or to supply prana that is wanting, will be curing the disease. That again is pranayama, to learn when there is more or less prana in one part of the body than there should be. The feeling will become so subtle that the mind will feel that there is less prana in the toe or the finger than there should be and possess the power to supply it. These are among the various functions of pranayama. They have to be learned slowly and gradually. And, as you see, the whole scope of Raja Yoga is really to teach the control and direction in different planes of the prana. When a man has concentrated his energies, he masters the prana that is in his body. When a man is meditating, he is also concentrating the prana. In an ocean, there are huge waves, like mountains, then smaller waves, and still smaller, down to the little bubbles. But the background of all these is the infinite ocean. The bubble is connected with the infinite ocean at one end, and the huge wave at the other end. So, one may be a gigantic man, and another a little bubble, but each is connected with that infinite ocean of energy. And this is the common birthright of every animal that exists. Wherever there is life, the storehouse of infinite energy is behind it. Starting from some fungus, some very minute microscopic bubble, and all the time drawing from that infinite storehouse of energy, the form is changed slowly and slowly until, in the course of time, it becomes a plant, then an animal, then man, ultimately God. This is attained through millions of eons. But what is time? An increase of speed, an increase of struggle, is able to bridge the distance of time. That which naturally takes a long time to accomplish can be shortened by the intensity of the action, says the yogi. A man may go on slowly drawing in this energy from the infinite mass that exists in the universe, and perhaps he will require a hundred thousand years to become a deva. And then, perhaps... 500,000 years to become still higher, and perhaps 5 million years to become perfect. Given rapid growth, 
the time will be lessened. Why is it not possible, with sufficient effort, to reach this very perfection in six months or six years? There is no limit. Reason shows that. If an engine with a certain amount of coal runs at two miles an hour, add more coal and it will run a quicker time. Similarly, why shall not the soul, by intensifying its action, attain to that goal in this very life? All beings will at last attain to that perfection we know. But who cares to wait all these millions of eons? Why not reach it immediately, in this body even, in this human form? Why shall I not get that infinite knowledge, infinite power, now? That is the ideal of the yogi. The whole science of yoga is directed to that one end, to teach men how to shorten the time by adding power, how to intensify the power of assimilation, and thereby shorten the time for reaching perfection. Instead of slowly advancing from point to point, and waiting until the whole human race has come out and become perfect. All the great prophets, saints, and seers of the world, what are they? In that one span of life, they live the whole life of humanity, bridged the whole length of time that it will take ordinary humanity to come to the state of perfection. In this life, they perfect themselves, they have no thought for anything else, breathe for nothing else, never live a moment for any other idea, and thus the way is shortened for them. This is what is meant by concentration, intensifying the action or assimilation, and thus shortening the time. And Raja Yoga is the science which teaches us how to gain the power of concentration. What has this pranayama to do with spiritualism? That is also a manifestation of pranayama. If it be true that the departed spirits exist, only that we cannot see them, it is quite probable that there may be hundreds and millions living here that we can neither see, feel, nor touch. We may be continually passing and repassing through their bodies. And it is also probable that they do not see or feel us. It is a circle within a circle, universe within universe. Those only that are on the same plane see each other. We have five senses, and we represent prana in a certain state of vibration. All beings in the same state of vibration will see each other. But if there are beings who represent prana in a higher state of vibration, they will not be seen. We may increase the intensity of light until we cannot see the light at all. But there may be beings with eyes so powerful that they can see such light. Again, if the vibrations are very low, we do not see light. But there are animals that see it, as cats and owls. 
Our range of vision is only one plane of the vibrations of this prana. Take this atmosphere, for instance. It is piled up layer on layer, but the layers nearer to the earth are denser than those above. And as you go higher, the atmosphere becomes finer and finer. Or take the case of the ocean. As you go deeper and deeper, the density of the water increases, and those animals that live at the bottom of the sea can never come up, or they will be broken into pieces. Think of this whole universe as an ocean of ether, in vibration under the action of prana, and that it consists of layer after layer of varying degrees of vibration. In the more external, the vibrations are less, and nearer to the center, the vibrations become quicker and quicker, and each range of vibration makes one plane. Think of the whole thing as one circle, the center of which is perfection. The further you get from the center, the slower the vibrations. Matter is the outermost crust. Next comes the mind, and spirit is the center. Then suppose these ranges of vision are cut into planes, so many millions of miles one set of vibration, and then so many millions of miles still higher, and so on. It is perfectly certain, then, that those who live on a plane of a certain state of vibration will have the power of recognizing each other, but will not recognize those above or below them. Yet, just as by the telescope and the microscope we can increase the scope of our vision and make higher or lower vibrations cognizable to us, similarly, every man can bring himself to the state of vibration belonging to the next plane, thus enabling himself to see what is going on there. Suppose this room were full of beings whom we do not see. They represent certain vibrations in the prana, and we represent other vibrations. Suppose they represent the quicker, and we the slower. Prana is the material of which they are composed, also of which we are composed. All are parts of the same ocean of prana, only the rate of vibration differs. If I can bring myself to the quicker vibration, this plane will immediately change for me. I shall not see you anymore. You vanish, and they appear. Some of you perhaps know this to be true. All this bringing of the mind into a higher state of vibration is included in one word in yoga, samadhi. All these states of higher vibration superconscious vibrations of the mind are grouped in that one word, samadhi, and the lower states of samadhi give us visions of these beings. The highest grade of samadhi is when we see the real thing, when we see the material out of which the whole of these grades of beings are composed, and that lump of clay being known we know all the clay in the universe. 
Thus, we see that this pranayama includes all that is true of spiritualism even. Similarly, you will find that wherever any sect or body of people is trying to search out anything occult and mystical or hidden, it is really this yoga, this attempt to control the prana. You will find that wherever there is any extraordinary display of power, it is the manifestation of this prana. Even the physical sciences can be included also in pranayama. What moves the steam engine? Prana, acting through the steam. What are all these phenomena of electricity and so forth but prana? What is physical science? Pranayama by external means. Prana, manifesting itself as mental power, can only be controlled by mental means. That part of the pranayama which attempts to control the physical manifestations of the prana by physical means is called physical science. And that part which tries to control the manifestations of the prana as mental force by mental means is called Raja Yoga. Wow, thank you, Swami Vivekananda. I was going to have to ponder that one for a little bit. I appreciate you being here with me. I hope this was uh, enlightening on some level. And may each of us, as Vivekananda says, keep moving into higher vibrations and experiencing higher states. So, until next time, keep shining.